0: If you've got a problem with your ball jointed groin, don't forget to pick up some AFB Miracle Cream, available now from the Action Figure Blues gift shop. In the meantime, you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 72 for the week of Wednesday, the 10th of July, 2013. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are Eli and Scott. This episode is brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, it's all evil all the time as we do rapid-fire reviews of some of our favourite plastic evildoers and then discuss villain toys, the best of the bad guys. gentlemen. How are we? Fine. Pretty good. (laughs) Fine. Just fine, Scott?
1: I'm perturbed because everyone took over the counting in of this particular segment when it's supposed to be me. Are
0: you just a bit distressed because you're lonely?
1: Yeah, I'm lonely. (laughs) I dropped my loved ones off at the airport today for a few days away because they're on school holidays. So Um, I'm not as lonely as my little dog, though. He's sitting... um, by the front door, just staring at it intently, um, and then coming in to kind of look at me, like, why aren't you doing something about this? Um, <laughs> so this is this is the drill for the first couple of days when we're we're batching it, the dog and I. So he'll get over it. So does this
0: mean you can actually play with your toys and just do anything you want? So you can actually get them out and have fights and go pew
1: pew pew pew, pew, pew.
0: <laughs> and no one looks at you
1: strange. Uh, well, the, um, the yeah, dog does, the dog does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is the, I'm not on holidays, so that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the drag of it all. But theoretically,
2: it's not, it's not quite pants off.
1: No, it's not quite. No. Yeah. The, I think my, the people at work would be a bit, um, distressed about that. Yeah. Uh, so you
0: got to, you can only play with toys until curfew.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. What about you, Eli? You, you wearing pants?
2: Yeah, I'm actually rugged up with a blanket in the uh, the cold room Mm -hmm. tonight. We decided that um, we had to sacrifice the heater in the office to one of the children.
1: (laughs) Kids ruin everything. Uh, Honestly, I
2: know. (laughs) I actually um, wasn't sure if I was going to make it today. I um, After a, you know, I've been playing a lot of board games recently and um, after a long week of talking to too many people for too much of the day, I, my, my throat was already nearly gone, you know, when okay. you do workshops and, and all that type of stuff. And then um, went around to a friend's place where we um commenced to learn and play a new board game that none of us had played before and it's a co op game where you actually have to talk to each other to, you know, strategize and <laughs> by the end of it I just was, it was pretty hoarse. Was right. A lot of fun though.
1: Well I'm glad that you um I'm glad you're pushing through you. for us. Good great dedication there. Yeah, I thought what so. What a soldier.
2: Yeah. What about you, Ben? Um
0: uh, I've caught up on a few movies. Uh, went and saw Man of Steel, which I thoroughly enjoyed.
2: Yay, okay, me too. Hey, yeah, we can it's... talk about Man of Steel now, can't we? Yeah, I've, I've uh,
0: seen it as well. We can, but we've got to be careful with spoilers. Okay, oh, okay. spoiler yeah, we'll
1: alerts. We've got, we've got a big complaint <laughs> section at the end of the podcast and feedback, so we don't want to get <laughs> add, add to it for the future.
0: Yes, and I also went and saw um, Despicable Me 2, which I thoroughly enjoyed.
1: Yep, awesome.
0: Fun mm. film. Probably the big change to... To me, this week is because of the the current, the new financial year uh, in Australia, they actually made a change to some of the tax laws. And my workplace car park, which used to be free, Mm. now incurs fringe benefits tax, which means Mm. my workplace had to start charging for parking. And I've been very, very fortunate for a long time now that we've had free parking uh, allocated parking and they've now started to charge but uh, it's a substantial amount of money and I just refused to pay it so whereas when I used to park my car I had about a 25 second walk in through the front doors and uh, my only option was to either pay or to park some distance away so now it's about a 15 minute walk and just just so happens it's winter in Australia at the moment so um yeah we're, we're still we're still pushing forward i 'll hang in there
1: mm. so it's only been one week yeah my resolve would um, not last very long we have we have parking politics where I work we have free parking, but we don 't have there's not quite enough for mm. all the businesses in my building, and e- each business has its own set of reserved spots of which we have more like we have enough for everyone that works in my space, but then there's some unmarked ones and uh, if anyone parks in one of the uh, there's a particular business that shares our building and if they find anyone else in their car parks they will literally rampaged through the building looking for them <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good like, obviously mature about oh, it. yeah well i mean i it, it's really it's quite hilarious but like i've we've had an, a meeting of ours interrupted by you know them coming in and going who's got the silver honda down there i'm <laughs> like um not us because we all have our own spots like mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. and then this week i um Part, like, I park underneath and then g- walk down the street to get a coffee before I go in. And this one day this week, this guy actually followed me down the street and quizzed me about where I worked. <laughs> and I'm like, I work upstairs on the top floor. And oh, he's like, oh, I it's see. just that, you know, we, we don't want people parking here and then walking away. I'm like, well, do, do you... Watch me walk, dude. Watch me fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and you're, you. I assume you're from the
2: parking police. I don't.
1: <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, stop
2: stalking me, or I'll call the police.
1: Exactly. It was really like he really like followed me down the street, and I was like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> parking politics, indeed,
0: indeed. Well, let's um, let's maybe talk about some toys and get some articulated news going.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> Whatever. Centurions!
3: Power Extreme! Man! And machine! Evil Doc Terror and Hacker battle Centurions, Max Ray, and Ace McCloud. The Centurions call for more powerful weapons. Energize! Max gets Tidal Blast! Ace gets orbital interceptor! They strike back with added firepower! Max by sea. Ace by air! Centurions! Power Extreme! Figures show other toys sold separately new from Canada.
0: Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in, and that Arnold in the research department has rustled up for us this week. <laughs> Good so to over to you, Eli.
2: Yes, yeah, so the first one is, um, the Dark Knight Trilogy Ultimate Collector's Edition. So this is for the, um, the three Christopher Nolan Batman films, Blu ray set. And it's been, um, we've known most of the details for a while. Um, obviously it's got the three films and it's got discs with a bunch of special features. It's also got, um, some, um, art cards by uh, jock and and mondo and uh, you know a little hardcover book but it's also got um three hot wheels vehicles so these are pretty much the ones you can get off the shelf at the moment but they're a pretty nice touch so you get the um the black tumbler and the the camo bat pod um, cycle thing, and um, I forget the name of the planey thing from the movie. <laughs> it's just the bat, isn't it? The bat, that's it, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a really good detail for a collector's edition. Um,
1: not bad. That's awesome. I just hope it's um, easily available in Australia. Yeah. I, I reckon it's be about it
2: 100 bucks. 100 bucks US, I reckon. So it's not a bad deal, actually. Because the art cards are are quite nice.
0: Mm. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I can see this as being
2: a a mass release. Mm. And there'll be different retailer versions, I'm sure.
1: You know, that's the thing that I am. That's what I worry about with this stuff. Is, you know, will we ever get it? Or how hard will it be to track down? Mm -hmm.
0: I imagine this will be
2: everywhere. Yeah. So 3D printing is a big thing, and... In the toy and and statue world, we've been seeing um, uh, potential for what can be done. And um, somebody on on Reddit uh, posted an image they they've three D printed um, uh, about ten Final Fantasy figures as a as a set, and just it's just the way that they've um, the way he's done a whole set of figures. Uh, all in scale and all in the same style. It's, it just looks remarkable. And um, while they're a bit blocky for my liking, it, um, it definitely has um, potential. You can see, you could see where this could go. Oh yeah, hmm.
1: this is this is the way of the future, I reckon. Yeah, you'll people will design stuff and then you'll just buy the file and print it out at home. Yep. Yeah, or you know. Somewhere else, or Or oh yeah, I mean, or somewhere else. Mm.
0: Yep, and it won't even be a case of buying the design off of someone like Mattel. You'll you'll actually get you know talented people out there, the equivalent of uh, today's customizers. Yes, who will just be designing them, you know, in ZBrush or something like that, Mm. and away you go.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting what happens with licensing then, because obviously they're going to be there'll be a few corporates with their noses out of joint if that happens and it goes widespread. Mm. but um you know well at least we'll have some independent designers who will be able to be able to gauge the the interest in their own designs you know they're not going to need to work for a company to actually do the things they like doing they'll be able to you know design their own characters like when we were talking to reese o'brien last week you know imagine if you, you know he he was into zbrush and maya and and was able to you know just exactly get, so we get the design
1: yeah well when you think about you know a lot of these um guys that design some of these toys their main gig is designing characters and stuff for video games and things mm, yeah. and um so there's a a way of if once it becomes more accessible that people can afford to uh, do the printing themselves. You know, there's definitely some small business opportunities there for, you know, guys that, you know, where, where commissions might be, you know, a bit cost prohibitive for a lot of us at the moment. Um, that I can just see this really opening it up to whatever you want. mean you might get your Shang-Chi after all.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's right. Unless I customize one the old fashioned way. Oh God, we could be like, Old fogey customizers and all the young hip kids would be doing the three D printing.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yep.
1: And you'll be there going, nah, get off my lawn. Yeah.
0: Get off
2: my lawn.
1: Back in my day we used a paintbrush.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not a yeah. not a Z brush. That's right. We actually sculpted this shit. <laughs> we just pressed print. That's right. That's right. <laughs> get off my lawn um so in uh anime sort of related news um gundam gundam uh the very we
1: need a ruling here
2: yeah, I know. <laughs> I, i'm not gonna say you know well actually i'm gonna say it, it doesn't really matter because <gasps> the person who would rule on it says lego oh
1: We'll get to that complaint later in the complaint section at the end of the oh, podcast. is
2: that coming back, is it? Well, well, it's that
1: same guy that complains about it all the time. He's got another complaint.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So Mobile Suit Gundam, the very famous anime um, series and film and property. Um, doing something a little bit uh, oddball, not oddball, but, well, yeah, it is. Um, Gundam Build Fighters is actually about um, the... School kids who are really good at building plastic Gundam model kits and then battling them, you know, with their friends and rivals. This is the actual um, concept for the show. Okay, cool. So it's it's a little bit um, a little bit meta. <laughs> uh, it hasn't been done, but it's a, it's a concept that could quite work, you know, in the same mold. You know, a Pokemon and stuff like that, but Gundam instead. And of course, there will be a lot of new model kits that will come out of this. So oh. you will see more and more. And I reckon um, they're probably onto a money spinner there. I don't know if it'll be my money, but it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting concept. Right. Yeah, I, I think it you know sounds fun, and. They'd be actually using their hands to make model kits. Ooh. They wouldn't mm. be printing these, would they? That's right.
1: That's old, but, but That's hey, you
2: could, old but, school old school with a K. But what if, what if, right? You use three D printers to print the the kit pieces. Mm. And then you made the kit. Oh. That's deep, man. That's deep. Let's just pause. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a moment of reflection.
2: <laughs> um Play Arts Kai toy line so we've already seen a couple of um figures that they've uh, they're doing for Man of Steel so they're doing Superman and Zod um but they've um shown during the week uh, they will be doing figures for um Jor-El and Feyora. so Russell Crowe and um the actress who I don't know the name of I
0: am um, An- I'm Crow or
2: something, I don't okay. remember her name. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Her action sequences were pretty good. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, the bit that I like the best. Spoilers, everybody. closure <gasps> your... Spoilers, Spoilers, no, 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 no. When she's zipping around in that battle scene, when she's just moving like super speed from one spot to the next yeah. and just dealing, that was really cool. I liked it.
0: Yeah, that, that fight in the street. Yeah, I peed myself a little.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, I, I think this line really suits Man of Steel. Hmm. I, I think, I think they've done uh, a really good job. And I, you know, Rusty doesn't quite look right there. He looks a little bit um, fitter than he is in reality. But I, mm-hmm. that aside, I think the um, the metallic. Um, Armor really works well with the, um, the more realistic head sculpts on top of them. I think they're in there. good job.
0: She's a great looking figure.
2: Yeah, I like that. Speaking hmm. of JorEl,
1: Uh-oh. my first bit of news is the Hot Toys JorEl, which has been announced, and it looks suitably Hot Toys ish, <laughs> photorealistic. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, I thought. Russell Crowe was awesome in this film. Made Joel a badass. It's quite surprising. Yeah, it's a very good likeness. Yeah, and and the likeness is awesome. The likeness mm. is just exactly what you'd expect. So, um, you, this will be. A, I don't know if it comes with a lot of extras. It seems to be a bit thin on sets of hands. There's only two extra sets of hands, which is a bit disappointing, really, because yeah, I think you need at least ten for. A proper hot toy. Um, <laughs> you know, if there's not ten swap out hands, I don't I don't know. Um, very good looking, uh, and yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the film. Certainly not going to go down this slippery slope, but
2: mm. I reckon that cost that costumes looks phenomenal. It does. Mm. The, the costume looks fantastic.
0: One thing that hot toys seem to have really mastered is that just that. I mean, obviously their face sculpts are phenomenal, but that extra level of detail with things like the you know moles and yeah. little, you know it just makes it look like skin it's uh it's very impressive and especially where the um the hairline uh, meets it it doesn't look odd
1: um, mm. yeah very and then impressive. Uh, there was another hot toys announcement this week this is the uh toy fair exclusive hot toy uh, for the year and this is the captain america star-spangled man exclusive um ben i'm interested in your thoughts <laughs> um
0: i liked it because it it is that little bit closer to what i really want to see what well, don't want to see it's kind of a you know a, a bit of a seesaw uh i think it's a fun figure because I really want Hot Toys to do comic accurate uh, figures, and this is about as close as you're going to get. But unfortunately, I guess you know, for that particular part of the movie, he's meant to be a bit goofy, mm. um, and and that that's come across in the figure. It it looks great, and it looks goofy at the same time. Um, you yes. wouldn't get me paying you know 180 bucks for it though.
1: Yeah. See, I, this is to me, this is kind of reinforces the argument of why his comic book costume probably would not work well in a film. And I know you probably disagree with that. That's why I wanted your thoughts first. Well,
0: I do, because if you could say the same thing about Superman, like people go, oh, yeah, it just doesn't work. Well, you look at Superman's costume and how well it came across in the movie, especially with that textured material, and if they did the same kind of sculpted, textured material with Cap's costume and it worked perfectly fine.
1: It's, it's the, the wings on the head. It, that's the,
0: the oh, head Matt wings. a bit goofy and he doesn't have the ears either. So yeah. the mm-hmm. ears are hidden, which makes puts it off a little bit.
2: Nice deal to detail, though, with the shield and the, the oh, notes yeah. that are taped on the inside, like in the movie.
1: Yeah. i tell you what, they are milking everything out of these licenses, aren't they? Yeah. Everything. It's an expensive line to collect if you want to be a completist. Mm, wow. So that's that other bit of Hot Toys news. And there was some Mattel Ghostbusters news as well. Um, you know, it's really been too long since we've had a video from Toy Guru. <laughs> I have It's certainly, you know, I have felt a bit of a, a hole in my heart. Um, but no longer because he's back and and uh he is spruiking the ghostbusters ecto goggles um these are going to be on sale oh next month yeah they're on sale in august only 110 dollars to go alongside the pke meter so very exciting and uh yeah, yay more Toy Guru videos. And, and <laughs> At that, least he's still enthusiastic. You know, we haven't worn him down. <laughs> no, he must be very resilient. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, that, you know, it's 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 great to see that they are adding to that line of those props. And certainly there's a, a niche for that of people that are very interested in it. And so that's cool.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Huh.
1: And then, last for me, we had a Kotobukiya announcement this week of another addition to the new 52 Artifacts statue line. This is the um, one tenth scale PVC statues, and they are doing a black atom that will go along with the Shazam that we already know is coming and uh he looks great. he uh has a doesn't have the same hood issues that Shazam has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit. I don't know. I find his expression
0: a bit odd. It looks like he's, he's
1: oh. holding in a fart.
0: Yeah, it does. It looks like he's he's really straining oh. against. He does something.
1: look. Yeah, he does look oh, like he's smelt something pretty icky. Mm. <laughs> he's yeah. got a real, really weird, strained look. does not me. does
2: not me. It's
1: uh, this is an interesting line because you know it's a pretty like low cost in terms of the p. v. statues stuff p. v c statues sorry, and they're going deeper than just the you know the usual big names and there's a death stroke coming which looks great as well, so I'm not collecting this, but it would be a a it's a budget friendly line if you want quite a few characters in it and um they certainly I've seen a number of them in person and been pretty impressed.
0: You must get really peeved with having those ripped capes all the time.
1: You <laughs>
0: the only part of your costume that's not invulnerable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's all my news.
0: Cool. All right. Well, I have a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, in particular, Sideshow has been going crazy. And first up, we have uh, the Gladiator Hulk, which is, uh, of course, from the, the Planet Hulk storyline where the Hulk was banished into space by uh, the the marvel brains trust and he landed on a foreign planet where he had to battle to survive and that included fighting in an arena where he armed himself up with an assortment of uh, armor and weapons and and the like and this statue is gigantic um so it's the hulk in all his his glory but with the addition of a massive sword a massive shield it's fully detailed because it's a premium format statue it looks like he's got a you know, his leather skirt on with, you know, the actual material straps, etc. It's a a very, very big statue. Um, Apparently, it comes in at 30 inches tall to the top of his his helmet. Um, But then again, you kind of expect that for $600. So that's a a very expensive piece.
2: That's massive. $600
0: Yeah, six hundred dollars. Oh, I can only imagine what the uh, the shipping to Australia would be on something like that. But it, it's an amazing looking piece. Like the the Hulk's great expression. The if the paint is anything like the the promo, it's going to be beautiful in person. But you just have to like that particular rendition of the Hulk. Um, as for me, I just would have preferred a a new Hulk premium format statue of just the good old Hulk, um, since the first one is so hard
2: to come by. 30 inches comes up to my desk.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's two and a half feet tall. Is there
2: a exclusive?
0: It doesn't, it doesn't look like it. Oh, I don't think so. I didn't see anything. No. Uh, in other sideshow news, we have the one-to-one scale. So that's life-sized uh, Iron Patriot bust. Now, this is the Iron Man 3 Iron Patriot. So it's the Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes Iron Patriot, not the... Um, one from Marvel Comics that features the Green Goblin piling in it, uh, mm-hmm. getting
1: complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a bit of a what the. Piece I mean, for absolutely. Me. I think so because yeah, this is going to be incredibly expensive. I really can't imagine yeah. people wanting it.
0: But these generally go anywhere from sort of seven to nine hundred dollars.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So, um, by the look of it, his eyes light up. the The promo shot seems to have illuminated eyes, and you have to just wonder is. Are there that many fans of the movie Iron Patriot out there to really, you know, warrant buying a piece like this?
2: How many did they need to to sell to make it worth it? Well,
0: these are usually sort of somewhere in the vicinity of 100 to 200. Um, But, I mean, if you think about it, in the movie, he didn't actually do anything. If you actually think back, he, he really didn't do anything of merit in the film. He was just kind of there. Um, other than being a prison for the president. Spoiler. Whoop, whoop,
1: whoop. I haven't All seen right. the film, so thanks a lot. Now, more <laughs> complaints. Hello. <Very> well. <laughs> All right, continuing the, uh, the um, site. I, I just wanted to say I, <laughs> I certainly hope that they include a nameplate mm. because they better label this, otherwise we'll have no idea what it is. Yeah. Well, that's right. It's just that, that strange
0: Iron Man. Yeah. It's 4th of July Iron Man.
1: <laughs> okay, you may go on. All right,
0: Uh, continuing, we have a – this one is a a Predator 2 Sideshow Exclusive Edition um, bust. Now, this is um, the Predator from Predator 2, and it's the Savage Edition. Um, And I think the only real difference between the Savage and not Savage is whether the mandibles are open and closed. Uh, And I think this guy is actually a half scale from memory, and going by the price, it's about 400 U.S., um, and as of this recording, he's already sold out, so there's obviously some fans out there. Yeah, jeez. So, yeah, he's 18 inches high, which is um half size. So very good. Um, and that particular Predator's got some unusual colouring, so a little bit different to what you'd normally get. It's a bit more um sort of the orangey-red hues. Very nice pieces, these, but, uh, yeah. And I think by now they've done about half a dozen different ones, so if you've been a, a mad keen collector on these, you'd be pretty excited.
2: The detail is fucking scary.
0: Yeah, they're very, nice. they're very nice. They've actually got, like, the, the, their webbing suit, their camouflage suit um, is actually webbing. It's not just painted on. So a little attention to detail, like, that helps. Yeah. And in my final piece of news, which is also sideshow, we have had our sneak of a one-quarter scale premium format uh, Black Widow statue, and she looks pretty darn good. This is Tim the, Miller. It is Tim yeah. Miller, who we spoke to not that long ago. That's right. Um, this is, uh, I, I guess, this is a bit of an expected piece. We, you know, we've had obviously Miss Marvel and She Hulk and um, and Spider Woman. So the fact that um, the Black Widow is still sort of maintaining that popularity, thanks to the Avengers movie, it was pretty much a given that she'd be in the works. And from the promo shot, she looks pretty darn good. So I hope the rest of it um, can. Uh, can keep up that level.
2: Yeah. She looks like Famke Janssen. She does.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Which I don't mind. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay with us.
0: Yeah. And we've only had a sneak peek with her at the moment, so we're actually yet to see any other details, um, whether it's sort of that the classic costume with the the little sort of yellowy gold wrist gauntlet these mm. and um, what the price and shipping and that sort of thing. So we'll uh, obviously...
2: It's a shame her outfit's not big enough, though.
0: <laughs>
1: Indeed. <laughs> I think that's it for the news. There's a lot of uh, announcements this week.
0: Yes, and, of course, ramping up to San Diego, it's just going to get worse. Or right. better. Or better. Be real, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be right back with the next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That.
1: Why? my name is, why. my name is, why. my name is, Excuse my me! My name is. My is Can I have the attention my name
2: of the class? Is, my name For one is, second. Tell a friend. 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 Tell
3: a friend. Tell a friend. Hey guys, it's Engineer Nerd back with another tone to tantalize your ears with. And this is Name That, of course. So. We play a sound and you guess what it is, and we will refresh your memory with playing last week's sound. Hideously deformed action figures from. I'm guessing some of you guys may have known this one because this is a Toxic Avengers commercial or Toxic Crusaders. It's the Toxic Avengers and his buddies and their animated adventures. And I'm sure that some of you out there probably knew that, but uh, if you did, congrats to you. If you didn't, went to the forum and made a guess over at AFB Forum, even better for you. Well, moving on a little bit, we're going to go to a new sound, and that sound is going to be this one. We're going to get
2: stumped! not if I can help it,
3: rock slide!
2: You get the game,
3: man. And we'll have Boris put that in one more time.
2: We're going to get thumped!
3: As always, if you think you know what that is and you just want to show off and, you know, display your amazing brain power, come on over to the AFB forum and leave a guess. If you feel up to it, come on over and play the picture version on Tuesdays and Thursdays at tvandfilmtoys.com. tuesdays we show an action figure accessory and on thursdays we shadow out an action figure and you got to guess what it is uh been real active lately and uh you know you can guess on the afb forum on those and sometimes you get hints and clues and other see other people's guesses so uh just come on over and join in the fun at all those places peace out people of evil
2: control castle grayskull oh yeah dad watch ram
1: man's power i'll get us inside
3: he-man ram man he-man and castle grayskull each sold separately you have to put the castle together ram
1: man use your head i just did not that way we have a prisoner
3: good who's the prisoner
1: you are because we have the
0: power
3: oh no Ram Man and He-Man from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel.
0: Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And this week, we're doing rapid-fire reviews of our favourite bad guys. And popping his cherry this week is
2: Eli. Ouch. Wow, that's wasn't expecting that intro. No. Well,
1: so just to to remind people, if you haven't heard Rapid Fire Reviews before, this is where we have a strict five-minute limit. So I'm about to start the clock, Eli, on your five minutes
2: now. Okay. So this is Deathstroke the Terminator um, from Mattel's DC Universe Classics line. So um, Deathstroke the Terminator, he debuted as a character in Marv Wolfman and George Perez's New Teen Titans number 2 in 1980. He um, is a pretty famous character. We talked Mm -hmm. about um, he's having a new 52 figure coming out a couple of weeks ago. This version from Mattel is from 2008, from Wave Three of the DC Universe Classics. This was um, part of the Solomon Grundy uh, Collect and Connect uh, series. Um, um, I picked this up loose. Um, but he came in the standard DCUC blister card packaging. Not very collector-friendly. Once you've taken that card off, it's not going back in there without it being some sort of obviousness. But the artwork on the card's pretty nice. The, um, the uh, pretty stylized action shots, it's all very good. Um, this figure is... A beautiful example of what the Four Horsemen were able to do with this series. The the detail in the sculpt for, if you're familiar with the character, he has lots of weapons and um, details in his costumes with his boots and his gloves and um, various uh, accessories, particularly um, the chainmail detail that he has on him. Now, the sculpt, in terms of um, things you may have seen before in this line, he uses parts of Aquaman's um, scales. Well, they've taken that same texture that they used for Aquaman in the the previous wave, wave two, and they've applied that here. Um, The gloves are very similar as well to Aquaman's and a few other figures. Uh, Head sculpt is... I think it's pretty much the same head sculpt that was then used for Mr. Miracle and Dr. Impossible a few waves later, but slightly different. He's got um, fold-down boots that fold down a long way, longer than any of the other figures in the line. The paint um, for my version of the figure is is almost flawless. If you look at it closer though, you can see a little bit um, of um, slop around the brassy details that he has around his biceps with the, um, the accessories there um, and around the neck and collarbone as well. In terms of articulation, he is DCUC, so he has lots of articulation. Um, uh, so he's got shoulders, uh, biceps, elbows, wrists, um, ab crunch, ab swivel, ball jointed head um, and the, um, the hips and all that. He is, in terms of accessories, he is very weaponed up. He's got a sword remov- that's removable from the, a scabbard Very nice detailed scabbard with um, the sort of the wraparound um, detail on there. Very good. He's got a pistol that um, goes into a holster. The holster might close down but doesn't close down very well on mine. He's got a semi-automatic rifle that's got a strap that you can uh, strap onto him. However, um, that rifle is a bit warped, and I think that was a bit of a common complaint that it warped in the packaging. But it's still a pretty good detail. Mm, there's, he's also got a bandolier uh, hanging around him, and that bandolier actually has a... Um, Uh, feature fixture to attach uh, a staff i didn't actually get the staff with mine i don't think um but uh, another so you've got sword pistol semi-automatic rifle and a staff as well as the bandolier as well as um solomon grundy's right arm so very well accessorized (laughs) um oh yeah i didn't say he's As per the classics, he's uh, about 16 centimetres tall or around six and a quarter veering to six and a half inches tall. Got 30 seconds left. Um, This is um, just one of the best figures that I think has been made in the line and I've... You know I've, i I used to have a lot more d c u c figures, um, and over the years I've culled and culled, and this is just one figure that I just can't bring myself to get rid of, even though I don't have much attachment to the character. It's hmm. a beautiful piece, hmm. and paint detail is probably the only thing that I'm going to take away from it. I would give this a nine and a half dollies and rating. 10. Good job
0: nice, very nice very impressive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it, guys. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> no, he's a beautiful figure. Yeah, he is. yeah, definitely one of my faves in the line.
1: Well, I, I think it's a really widely well-regarded figure in that line for sure. It's um, and, and Deathstroke is one that has been done well. DC Direct Deathstroke uh, in the Teen Titans line was a, a good figure as well. But the extra articulation that you get from the DC Universe Classics pushes this one over the edge for me.
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. Very good. All right, Scott, you're going to continue and you're going to talk about the lizard.
1: I am. I'm just going to um, reset the clock and start now. So I am talking about the Marvel Select Lizard and this is the comic version that was a Disney Store exclusive in the states so done around the time of the amazing spider-man film there was a movie version of this as well that saw a wide release but this one only came out at the disney store but i managed to get it through the big bad toy store so this is the the classic version of the lizard who first appeared in amazing spider-man number six in 1963 um I first came across him as a character in Marvel Secret Wars as a kid, um, where he had some fun bits to to do on the, the baddies team. This is a quite a good figure. One of the things that obviously limits a, a toy uh, or can limit a toy is a toy in a lab coat, um, and the sculpt has really worked around that to not limit movement completely it does have some movement issues though because of lack of some other bits of articulation which i'll get to in a moment so this is diamond select obviously uh it came out i think at the end of last year or beginning of this year i didn't i got it this year it was not cheap because it was a disney store exclusive so i think i paid around 40 bucks for it with shipping (laughs) etc i know uh packaging marvel Select. well there you go when i was opening this up it just really struck me that 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 packaging could be a lot more collector friendly if they're going to make such a big deal of it you know it it wouldn't be hard to make it a a resealable clamshell which i think is a bit of a, a shame so sculpt wise um this is quite good The lab coat's been done in a couple of parts so that the uh, arms still have got full articulation. They've done a good job of uh, including detail in the scales, obviously, but then also in the fabric on his... Uh, clothing which has got ripped ends etc um articulation wise there's 16 points of articulation so we have got the, the neck is just a a swivel um but then there's ball jointed shoulders elbows uh wrist the it then has the fantastic marvel select ball jointed hips um, which the lab coat sarcasm, up. yeah sarcasm, um, knees uh, and feet, and then tail of course, but no chest or waist, which does <clears throat> limit a bit the the not having a waist turn at least that was a bit of a surprise to me because mm. um, you know that obviously limits it. So the the thing about the way this has been designed is the tail is huge. Um, it it can actually twist so it can be kind of, you know, move it just to the the left or the right. It means that, He's very posable on one level because he really can't fall over because the tail is providing him with support, but then it also um, limits articulation a bit because he can't really crouch or do things that a lizard might do or you know, or that, that you might expect the lizard to do. And then when you couple that with not having uh, waist or chest crunch, he's just not quite as posable as I would like him to be. Um, so points for being hard to knock over, um, but then you know, points off for not being as flexible as you would like. Mm. Paint-wise, the color choices are all great, but they've gone a bit nuts with washes here. <laughs> so there's a bit of a gray wash over his black T-shirt, which makes it then just look kind of like, like it's got weird residue on it. And then there's a black wash over the purple on his trousers that... Has, yeah, it's they've just gone a little bit crazy, so it doesn't work very well for me. Um, Mm. and but the main issue I've got paint wise is that the green of his tail is ever so slightly different from the green on the rest of his body. Uh, Yeah, and the other issue is that the white, um, the inside of his white jacket picks up paint rub from other colors fairly easily, so we've already got some green and purple rub on the um inside of his lab coat and i've hardly i've hardly played with it Mm. um so that that's a bit of a disappointment um so great toy great representation of the character but because of the paint issues and the lack of articulation in places i want to i'm only going to give this a
2: six Mm.
1: and that's my time very good
2: Mm. Hmm. Yeah, some of the Marvel Select figures have got a lot of wash, like the Ghost Rider. He has yes. so much. Mm. Yeah, it's it's
1: a. I mean, I, it's a bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because obviously, with the particularly with the comic uh, styling, you've got brighter colours to start with, and so if you don't use some sort of wash, like, you know, it's going to look ridiculous. But then they've just gone a little bit nuts. But I'm not as worried about that as I am about the what's going to happen to the white coat in the long term, and uh, the tail. Oh, I did, I actually, sorry, I know I'm out of time, but I forgot to mention he does actually come with a display base as well.
0: Mm, Okay, cool.
1: All right, Mr. Ben, are you ready for your time to start?
0: I am indeed. Okay, go. Indeed. Tonight, uh, this or this episode, I'm going to be talking about the NECA uh, Predators Big Red Predator. Now, this guy came out in the the last wave of Predators from NECA, and this one's a little bit unique. Up until recently, we've been getting all the the various Predators and uh, different incarnations from the uh, cinematic line. Uh, However, this guy actually comes to us from a sort of a fan film that was done by a fellow named Sandy Collera, who did a fan film called Batman Dead End. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert, there's all kinds of uh, good guest appearances in that. And if you haven't seen it, I really do advise you to go on YouTube and have a look because it's the, uh, the best film Batman uh, out of any of them. Um, what's unique about this guy is obviously when Sandy made the film, he wanted um, the sort of protagonist to stand out a little bit more. And so, you know, he took it upon himself to make some changes to the the look and feel of the Predator. Um, And, you know, it actually works uh, really well. So this guy came out in 2013. Um, and he is in the the Necker seven inch scale, uh, which is interesting because being seven inch scale, he comes in actually at eight inches tall, so or just oh. under eight inches tall, and that that's to represent the fact that the predators are actually so big, um, they're actually played by very tall actors. Yeah. Um, so that's about sort of twenty centimeters tall, and. Uh, the is pretty standard for NECA. It's a blister. Um, once it's open, it's open. There's no going back. It's very simple, draws your attention. The Predator's logo stands out. You've got that sort of uh, side, sort of, you know, the profile shot of the Predator on the packaging, so it's pretty obvious straight away. Getting into the goodness of the sculpt, um, this is NECA, so they are the best of the best for this particular scale. Um, they've done a fantastic job. Um, the Probably one of the, the the complaints I have is that the series relies a lot on uh, reuse, um, and it's very very obvious they they have sort of, sort of two or three different parts um, say to the feet and they just sort of rotate them and and use the one that's actually closest to the representation of the character Um, but in this case they actually had to pull their finger out and do some new pieces because the big red predator was actually originally known uh, in Sandy's concept designs as the samurai predator and i don't think they could actually use that because um, hot toys had already used that for one of their concept predators so mm. this guy is actually referred to as big red um and i assume that's because he's big and the <laughs> and the red maybe yeah. and he and it is he's red mm. um his armor actually is painted red which is very unusual for the predator they don't um They don't tend to go in for much uh, in the way of colour. Um, So this guy features sort of red helmet, red sort of shoulder plates, um, thigh plates, um, greaves and that sort of thing. Um, a few interesting little touches they've had to do, such as the wrist blades um, that, that the Predators use. Uh, this guy actually has it on his left arm, and he's the first Predator to do so, and instead of being silver, they're actually gold. So Necker have had to be sort of quite clever in in the reuse of the um, the wrist there. So... The interesting parts is he comes with a few extras that Neca really had to go out of their way to do. He's got a samurai-inspired sort of belt uh, on, and he actually comes with two swords. And at at first I was a little disappointed with the swords because they're so small, but then I guess when you realise that the average samurai was probably five and a half feet tall at at the most, um, putting them in the hands of an eight-foot-tall alien, um, you know, I think, yeah, on, on sort of second look they fit. They're actually billed as katanas. Um, one of them is fairly large and um, is obviously a katana, but the second sword is actually um, a lot smaller, and so I'd probably say it's more like a, a kodachi, which is a, um under-two-foot uh, samurai sword. So, well, I just lost my page. Um, this guy comes with... Thirty these- seconds the usual necker um, articulation. He has 25 points of articulation, but this is the new and improved articulation, which doesn't say a whole lot, but you get double jointed um, knees and the, the better hips, so you get a bit more movement in the legs. Um, Playability is not too bad. He's fairly stiff out of the box, takes a bit to actually get um, the joints moving, which is actually, I guess, a, a nice change from having... Mordecai and Rigby who are so loose they can barely stand up. Uh, I really enjoy this I'm really enjoying NECA thinking outside the box with doing some of these figures, looking forward to their next line which is the concept line Um, My only major complaint is they've just made the skin a little bit too glossy uh, in the finish and it sort of almost looks like he's covered in Vaseline um, which really contrasts the sort of darker red tones and I'm going to give this guy 8 out of 10 dollies
1: Yay. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, there you go, uh, Eli. What was your first rapid-fire review experience like? How would you rate it?
2: Well, I was awesome. (laughs)
1: That's the
2: main thing. That's what we were
0: worried about.
2: (laughs) My figure was awesome too. Yeah. yeah. My figure was better than yours.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we were concerned about.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Alright, well that wraps up the toy of the week, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week.
1: I Mork with Talking Space Pack says eight things. Mork talking ragdoll says seven things. When you pull the string, you can never be sure what these tools say next. And here's Mork from Ork An Ork egg and Mindy Doll too. Five fun toys each sold separately. Mork, Mork. Mork Doll with Talking Space Pack Other Mork Collection toys are each sold separately New from Mattel Well we're
0: all here because we like to buy stuff So feeding the addiction is where we take the time To check in with each other And discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made And we're going to kick things off with
1: Scott I didn't think I would have anything to report It so slow week But on Friday I went to the post office box And uh, there was a little... Parcel in there from our very own John, and inside was a Lego minifigure chicken man. (laughs) Outstanding! Um, Isn't that nice? Such such a nice
0: guy. Was he safely padded with
1: some pop tarts? (laughs) No, 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 no pop tarts. Um, (laughs) No, there was some other nice stuff in there too. But the um, toy-related wise, the the chicken man was uh, a very totally unexpected surprise and now he is sitting on my desk at work and uh i came back from lunch from the post office and had to show everyone and they were just looking at me like i had three heads but <laughs> <laughs> they're like you're rather excited about this and i was like yes it's, it's exciting so uh, yeah that's so good that's all i got <laughs> very good very good what about you eli
2: nothing
0: <laughs> nothing
2: absolutely poor effort. nothing
0: <laughs> poor
2: i effort. have um I have been making some inquiries about some original art, so I've been selling some things I know um, that I haven't really, uh, not really caring about, like football shirts and things like that, but um, putting <laughs> it into an, uh, you know, an, an original art kitty. So you own that's... football shirts? No, oh, I've uh, accumulated a few from different codes over the years, but um, okay. I realized I didn't need to keep them. Oh,
0: there you go. Reinvestment.
2: Hmm. So hopefully in uh, in another episode I'll regale you of tales of receiving original art. Uh, uh, uh.
0: And would this be uh, sort of original comic book art off eBay or are you approaching artists for uh, commissions?
2: Uh, this is a bit of mix. Um, so artists for their original art and maybe commissions and, um, and uh, original art dealers, rather than eBay. I've had a look at a couple of things on eBay, but um, I haven't seen anything on eBay that I actually really want. It's more, if I pick that up for, you know, cheap, would I I put it on the wall? Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. Mm. What about you?
0: Speaking of which, (laughs) and putting it on the wall, um, I I reported not that long ago that uh, I I had um, survived another rotation of the the sun and um in celebration of that event my wife didn't want to buy me stuff for for my birthday so um she actually suggested getting um some of my original art framed my comic book art and so we went out to see a a framer and and got that done and I
1: got them back and I managed to get them
0: hung up and and they actually they all are actually in line and and balanced and so I got six of those up on the wall and they're hanging in the hallway. Cool. And I'm very pleased. Huh? Very very pleased. Very good. And yeah, it's nice. So, I think I'll I'll save up and keep going. I've got space for a few more, which is nice.
2: Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what they were, but I just realized one's uh probably a Bart is maybe a JLE page.
0: Yes, that's the one. That was um, that was the one that I I lucked into and I, I really liked. I was really enjoying the stuff that Bart was doing on the, the Justice League titles, um, on, on Justice League, and then he went on to do Justice League Europe. And uh, I contacted him about trying to buy one of his covers and he wrote back and said, I don't currently have any covers at the moment, but here, have this. And it was um, the original art to uh, an in-house ad that he um, had done for his, um, this was back when they used to advertise uh, upcoming storylines and things in Legends of the Dark Knight. And it was the, yeah, the ad for the Splash page.
2: (laughs) Cool. Very cool.
0: That was a a long time ago. That was um, probably about 19 years ago. And uh, yeah, I've had it ever since, and it was in a really crappy frame, so that was nice to sort of get it up and nicely framed, and got my my Kurt Swan page framed as well, which was cool.
1: Very good. Yeah, very pleased. Very pleased. So, slow week overall for us. We obviously Hmm. just aren't working hard enough at collecting things. That's right. That's
0: right. God, I can't believe we took a week off from crap. I
2: know.
0: <laughs> well, I guess if no one has any other items to report, let's go and talk about a red card.
3: What is this? Bizarro world.
0: Red card is a chance to poke fun at the WTF Moments Now hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure or worse. And any other the penalty this week is Scott. Scott, oh, this is just shocking.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, we have to say thank you to Andy Bentley, um, who is a listener who sent in this red card. Um, this is also, I think, a good opportunity to say that none of us found this, um, because <laughs> you, you really have to question what someone might have been looking for to come across this in the first place. Um, so after that little disclaimer, we are giving the red card this week to a, I, I don't even really know how to describe this. This is an an action figure. I don't know who it is made by, um, but it is a toy of a Japanese comedian called Egashira 250 as in like two <laughs> colon 50 who apparently is a kind of you know jackass style uh japanese comedian who is uh, apparently quite known for he doesn't wear a shirt he wears like these black tights and one of his big gags is putting his fist in his pants and pretending it's a giant erection and, uh, you don't actually, if you've got the enhanced podcast, you don't have to imagine what that would look like because they have made a toy of it. So this is an action figure of a, uh, Japanese dude, um, with his fist in his pants making it look like a giant erection. And, and, I don't know if there's anything else to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I, I really hope that you have the enhanced podcast that's all i can say otherwise yeah, you know, this could be quite uh disturbing ah. but um andy thank you very much for pointing this out to us andy also you're sick uh whatever you were looking for to find this <laughs> um well, the, the good thing is if you don't like
0: that one there's actually a variant no there is I, i've just posted a link it's it's just it's worth it uh, honestly um yeah, yeah. So you, you can actually get two different ones if you want, and he's even got a different expression on his face and Oh my goodness! In, instead of black oh, tights, white. he's got white tights. Oh, cool. so. oh my
2: goodness! <laughs> I can order two. Wow! <laughs> yes, that is phenomenal. Yes. So it's, it it actually is a really interesting construction. So we're going to <laughs> yeah. give it that like. That's right. It's so, got rubber around his around his lower around his groin.
1: his ball jointed yeah. groin. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, actually that was really helpful Ben, because I didn't realize from the black version that it wasn't all just sculpted. So he's got stretchy material hmm. like for his undies and it's he can actually then you can pose him with his fist in it um doing the Giant size erection gag, which never gets old.
0: And he has three different heads to choose from. Wow. You've got the, just the, the, the pedophilic grin. The, um, <clears throat> I'm shocked and about to be busted by the police. And then there's the angry, um, I didn't realise he was underage face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, All
2: right. um,. It's quite well articulated. It is,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's very unusual articulation too. Like that shoulder articulation is very strange.
2: Mm. Mm, the whole torso is pretty um, mm. reluctant to use the word unique, but I haven't, <laughs> haven't quite seen that It's before.
1: unique. It's unique. So,
2: mm. I mean, look, I, I th- it's
1: very well done, got to say. It's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely freaky, but also very well done. So,
0: It'd be awesome if it was like 1-6 scale and you could just put it in the middle of your coffee table as a talking point.
2: Like <laughs> you'd just have him photobombing all your 1-6 um, scale stuff.
1: <laughs> yes! Oh, no, I might have to buy this now. Seriously. That, that would be hilarious. Like you know, you're kind of doing action figure reviews of Bowen statues and you got him there going, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't he look great in Adam's toilet playset?
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we should suggest it to Michael Crawford mm. to have it as a comparison figure for all these reviews.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Can you see a price point on this thing? Mm, no, I'm not trying that hard. Oh, he's uh, 3,800 yen.
2: It's mm, so About
0: 35, uh, about 40 Arnold, bucks.
1: we've got a a currency conversion issue for you, Arnold. Can you um, sort that out for us, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's about um, 40, 40 Australian, so... Okay. All right, well... Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much yeah. for that, Andy. That is, a, uh, that is an absolute winner. And uh, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week.
1: Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh, no, it's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action coming up. Take that, Green Goblin! Bam! Must get out of Venom's track! Quack! Time to get out of here! Catch you later, Doc Ock! Brand new Spider-Man action figures! Out now! Well, what
0: kid would want Luke without Vader? Optimus without Megatron? Or Batman without the Joker? In the world of toys, villains are an integral part of what makes playtime fun. That primal urge to have good conquer evil has been acted out in backyards everywhere for generations. So, tonight we're discussing villain toys, the best of the bad guys, the action figures and toy representations of our favourite evildoers. But let's wind the clock back, shall we? Guys, what do you remember from your toy childhood as being the first villain toy you ever owned? Eli? Uh,
2: I'm thinking it's probably Star Wars. I'd like to think it's Vader. <laughs> Uh, if it's not, it's probably something a little bit more boring, like, um, one of the, um, one of the, um Starship officers or something like that. What was his name? The, uh, Bill. Bill. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, you mean like the Death Star, the squad commander or?
2: Yeah. Or from, yeah, the, the, the destroyer thing. One of those guys. Yeah, fair enough. I, I like I I couldn't say that I'm actually um This is the tricky thing with this this topic is I think there are more heroes. Mm. They are um yeah I think, <laughs> I think it's easier to um actually want to chase down heroes. Mm. Oh, obviously,
0: yeah. yeah. Definitely. What
2: about you, Scott? It would have been Vader for sure. Okay,
0: and that's from the original. Oh yeah, from sort the, yeah, the sort the very first sort of wave, ten back or yeah. whatever it is.
1: Because the the only action figures I had before that were the Mego Star Trek ones, but I didn't have any of the bad guys. Mm. Um, and but Vader, I'm pretty sure was in the first four Star Trek figures that I got. Star, so, Star Wars. What did I say Star Trek? Hello. <laughs> whatever. Uh, more complaints for. Uh, That's because I was just talking about Star Trek Yeah, so Star Wars you know, In the first four, so definitely Vader Because I also remember um, Getting a replacement one fairly quickly Because my first one's black cape Got ripped and I was very distressed About it.
0: The horrible vinyl capes Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it was The same for me. Uh, The the first real Action figure line I can remember collecting Was the original Star Wars line That that very first wave that came out And uh, certainly if it I remember getting Luke Skywalker was the very first figure uh, I got, and um, quite quickly, you know, became enamored with them and, and wanted more from the from the line. And I, I very quickly would have either picked up Vader, the Stormtrooper, or the uh, the Death Squad Commander um, in, in rapid succession. But Vader is obviously the one that stood out because I'd seen the film and and uh, I guess knew what he represented. Hmm. And, and speaking of which, as far as that representation, you know. Those sort of early villain figures that sort of made up those lines that we were interested in, was there an appeal because they were villains, or simply because they were just extra, extra characters in the line that you were collecting? So the you know the the early OCD made you want to have them
2: as well. I think I think with Vader, he was just so iconic. Like we, as kids, we'd never seen a villain like that before. Hmm. And I think maybe with Masters of the Universe as well, Skeletor. You know, he was he was the nemesis, the big nemesis, yeah. as opposed to you know the henchman.
0: Yeah. What about you, Scott?
1: Yeah. See, uh, as a kid, I was never really into the bad guys in in quite the same way. Like a lot of my, and even I think about like superpowers. You know, a lot of my playing with that stuff revolved around you know, st- stuff getting – the the goodies getting trapped and having to get out of it or whatever, but not necessarily the bad guys. So, you know, I was never – and and also I think in a lot of the toy lines that we collected as a kid, you know, there were a lot, as Eli said, the villains often didn't get made or, um, you know, they weren't necessarily as prominent as they are now. But I don't know. I was never really big on the the villain toys
2: as a kid. Mm. Just oh, not as many of them were made, yeah.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, that they were yin and yang for me. The the first Master of the Universe figure I had was He-Man. Um, I was actually the first kid in my school to get him, and, and I took him to school, and all the other kids were really excited because we'd seen the commercials on TV. But the second figure I owned was Skeletor, and I think even at that age I couldn't imagine having one without the other. I, I couldn't sort of picture, um, you know, picking up He-Man and Man-at-Arms and Teela and... You know, enacting adventures where they went pick flowers together. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> well these these guys had to have bad guys to fight, and mm-hmm. and so quite quickly, you know, after He Man and Skeletor, I got Man at Arms, but then to balance up Skeletor, I got Beast Man, uh, and so there was always that that sort of you know good versus evil uh, representation even then. Hmm. All right. Well, as as we sort of progress a bit, were there sort of villain figures you can remember seeing in in toy lines that sort of stood out to you that, um, you know, you went out of your way to get or or maybe ones that you you saw advertised but never actually managed to obtain?
2: I know there's one figure I saw when it came out and wished I'd gotten it. It was um, one of the... um I think it was really early on in Hellboy lore. Um, what's he's Cranken or something like that, mm. that um, I could have just picked up at you know, retail price. Um, but I remember that being really striking figure.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
2: obviously a bad guy. Uh, the Spawn toys. Yeah. The Spawn, Spawn line had lots of bad guys. Actually, they were, there was like the Violator and, Um, Yeah. All sorts of... Angela, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's plenty of bad guys in that line that were really, um, you know, attractive, aesthetically looked awesome for the time.
0: Yeah. I was heavily influenced as a kid by the ads that I used to see in the comic books. Um, you know, I started reading comics at a very, very young age. And so, uh, you know, reading comics in the late 70s and sort of, you know, very early 80s, um, I used to see those those great ads in the sort of the, the inside front cover or on the back cover. And it was things like, um, and it was quite interesting because I had the $6 million man figure that pretty much everybody had that came in the the red jumpsuit. And, you know, you, you press the button on his back and his arm lifted up, et cetera. But I remember seeing the ad in the comics for Maskatron and just seeing that sort of illustrated image of him fighting with Steve Austin and, you know, he came with the different faces and the suction cup hands and everything, and I just thought he looked fantastic. But I actually don't remember any kid who had that figure. Um, And the same actually goes for um, the Micronauts. I can remember getting Force Commander, um, who was, of course, the white armoured guy, and seeing sort of ads for um, Baron Kaza, but um, I never actually got the Baron, and so they, they were quite sort of vivid memories.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the Star Wars stuff was the first, you know, kind of big set of villains I had because I i just had everything, so um, the that was probably, you know, the biggest set of villains I've ever really, you know, collected. But, I mean, now as a... Um, at all of course it's not about to me it's not about whether they're goodies or baddies it's about um, how they fit into the universe that I'm building so and a lot of the characters that um, have the big characters like batman and spider-man that just have such huge rogues galleries um you know they make great toys and they they fit together for me as a a group so that's why i collect them not not because they're baddies but because um you know they match and they they fit together as a group of toys mm-hmm.
0: so i in- they Villain characters that really stand out for you guys. Now, we we obviously have our favourite characters, um, you know, Eli and, and Firestorm and uh, Scott and Aquaman, but, you know, are their nemesis your favourite villains or not?
2: I think if we're talking Firestorm land, there's been none of his enemies have been made, so... Yeah, (laughs) it's a huge collection. Black Bison, Multiplex, um, Killer Frost, um, plenty of Toyetic, uh, Slipknot, you know, uh, any of those would have made really good figures, but it's just not enough um, recognition, popularity to make that happen. Mm. So so what are the,
0: the villain characters that stand out to you? What are the the villains, not necessarily comic book, they could be movie as well, that just sort of get your interest whenever a a new figure or or merchandise comes out?
2: Darkseid's always a good one. Galactus is always a good one. I'm always, you know, want to see what those guys look like. Um, Darth Vader, you know, we've just seen those um, 18 inch figures. Are they that big that are Mm. recently released, you know? Yep. Always always you know inspect those a bit. Um, yeah. I I have two that
1: I <clears throat> really like collecting and that's Bizarro and Solomon Grundy. Mm. <laughs> For some reason, you know anything related to either of those two characters, and they're not necessarily my favorite comic book villains, mm. but you know but they're obviously just very I don't really like the word toyadic, but you know they they obviously there's something that appeals to me like um, you know, any toy or statue related to those characters I'm going to want for sure. You know, Aquaman doesn't have a very deep rogues gallery. Um, Black Manta obviously gets a good um, showing. He turns up eventually in most lines. We've only ever had one Ocean Master figure, which was in the History of the DC Universe line from DC Direct, and it's a great figure. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, he doesn't have a very... Uh, Strong rogues gallery to begin with, but he's got more villains made than Firestorm. So that's, that's something that's, what's really important here.
2: Mm, Um, Thanks for that, Scott. Yeah, no worries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. I mean, I've I've certainly got a a lot of favorite villain um, characters, but I've never been one to really go out of my way to collect, um, you know, everything and anything from that particular Sort of character, so you know, comic-wise in the Marvel universe, I'm I'm a big fan of Sabretooth, um, Some of the Spidey villains, like the Hobgoblin, um, but I tend to find that once I can get hold of a good figure um, of, of any of those characters, that I don't feel any you know, mm-hmm. any overwhelming reason to pursue them. So the, the new Sabretooth that's coming out in the Hasbro Wolverine Legends is of almost no interest to me whatsoever because um, I have the Wave 5 Marvel Legends one but also the first appearance one that came out in the face-off packs and, and I think both of those are superb figures. So mm-hmm. um, it's a bit of a waste for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Something else I was actually thinking is, you know, certainly if you're a fan of uh, a particular villain you know, some of them certainly get a, a pretty good run. You know, we've obviously mentioned Darth Vader, but, I mean, if you're a fan of someone like Darth Maul, um, the amount of merchandise Jeez. that exists is is just, you know, it's, it's every sort of DC and Marvel character, uh, every DC and Marvel villain combined, and I think Darth Maul's merchandise, you know, is still probably exponentially larger.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a character. He's obviously because he really, when you look at what he did in the film, it's pretty lame. And, um, but, you know, he is just so visually arresting um, yeah. that, you know, I mean, I don't get it myself not being a prequel fan, but th- that's a character you can always count on being made in any Star Wars line, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah but, it's I mean, he's the kind of, as you said, I think it's the visual representation. I mean, if, you know, friggin' hot toys... Ever get around to releasing more Of their Star Wars figures um, Darth Maul is one that I'll, I'll happily line up to get um, You know I think a six Six inch uh, sorry One six scale hot toys Darth Maul Will be an instant seller and, and I'll happily Have that in my collection mm. Yeah, yeah um, it's
1: get there
2: yeah, I mean, if, the, if, you, if you're a fan of a villain like you are of a hero and, you know, they, they get plenty of merchandise, then you've got that, uh, wow, I can get all these representations of a character I really dig, just like... Mm. I mean, it's
0: interesting. I, I'm, I mentioned that with the comic books, you know, I, I only need sort of a, a single good representation of a, a villain and I'm happy, but um, it actually goes the other way when it comes to things like film because I'm a big fan of um, Predator and Aliens. Hmm. And uh, I'll happily pick up all the predator figures that they release, and um, the same goes with the aliens. They've just necker have started a a new line, and um, there's an alien in the first wave, and I'm going to pick up a couple of those. And I've got all their previous alien figures too. So I guess that's um, you know a complete turnaround of what I just said, and I'm happy to. Oh,
1: it's a different. It's a different universe, but it's a different kind of. um a, a different style of character too, where you mm. can collect them in kind of an army-building sort of way, and it makes sense. It's not like having, you know, twenty
2: Sinestro's on the shelf. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, they are the actual lead characters in their properties. That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the the Star Wars villains that you remember having as a kid that you really enjoyed? Gamorrean guard. Yeah. Yeah, that that was definitely one for me too, and I think because it was almost like a step up in the sculpting, there, there was something about that figure where they just they managed to just draw in that much more detail than they had in in the previous waves.
1: Yeah, the um, the sideshow Gamarian guard is one that I really. I have a very hard time resisting mm. like the only reason why you know i've i've seen it in person um it's not it's not super expensive um and it's just more of a slippery slope thing of now nah, if i get these then you know i'll i'll end up buying more and i'm just gonna hold out for hot toys <laughs> yeah, i mean they'll probably never do a Gamorrean guard but um but you know it's just such a funky, hilarious-looking thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I loved that toy as a kid. Absolutely loved Yeah, that. yeah. I mean,
0: I've mentioned, you know, my love for IG-88. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I still have my original 12-inch and, and I've got the new one as well. And so he was always – I mean, we can't sort of mention Star Wars and not mention Boba Fett.
2: No. Yeah, any, so. of, the, any of the bounty hunters um, or the stormtroopers, scout troopers – all of those guys. Mm.
0: And, I mean, it's been 33 years and we're about to get, you know, a six-inch Boba Fett released at the San Diego Comic-Con and that's generating a huge amount of interest. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, what about sort of Marvel and DC figures? What are some of, I mean, you know, that's probably one of the main things we talk about on this podcast. And from the, the assorted, you know, Marvel toy waves and DC toy waves, what what are some of the... The better villains that stand out for you guys,
2: Eli. I think when we we're having a think about um, uh, Marvel and, and DC both, uh, well, Marvel Legends and um, let's say DC Universe Classics is the builder figures and collect and connect figures that they're, yeah. usually, they're usually villains and they're usually friggin' awesome. <laughs> so for Marvel Legends, you know, you had Galactus and the Sentinels and uh, mm. Apocalypse. You know, they were just awesome figures um, yeah. Yeah. because I, they, they were just really well done because, you know, I'm not much of a fan of the, the standard Marvel Legends um, bucks and sculpts, but the, the builder figures were just a whole different level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was collecting Marvel Legends right from the very first wave, and so I can remember them being, you know, four figures to a wave in, in those early stages. Uh, and then all of a sudden each figure came with a piece that would allow you to put together a, a big figure. So I was there for the advent of the Builder figure, and, and putting that apocalypse together, that was just superb. I mean, to, to this day he's still one of my favourite figures. He's, hmm. he's high up on a shelf um when I first walk into my, my sort of comic and toy room and oh, I just love it. I think it's one of the best figures that they've ever done.
2: Huh. Yeah, for me Galactus I think I like that version more than the one that they've released um subsequently as well. I think um it's more traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of that. Mm. What about you,
1: Scott? Oh well build the figures aside, um if we're talking Marvel, I think some of the Marvel select Villains are fantastic representations of the characters for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like Rhino and the Green Goblin from from Marvel Select, I think are great um, versions of those characters. The Rhino's awesome Venom. Juggernaut. Um, yeah, the juggernaut. Cause, you know, you've got the kind of the size there, but more articulation and, you know, an overall better quality than Marvel Legends. So that, that, that would be some of my where, where I'd go to. And, um, yeah, Rhino is one that I still really, uh, I still really like. You know, he's, he's got that great combination of size, but really good articulation, really strong posability. And, uh, that he's still one of my favorites there.
0: Yeah, I think speaking of Marvel Select, Thanos is right up there for me oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a great representation because he's not overly tall. Um, I mean, you know, Thanos isn't you know, 10 feet tall, and so I think they've they've really nailed that not too tall but incredibly thick
1: hmm.
0: um, sort of appearance. Uh, I think they did very well. Hmm, that's um, a good
2: point. That's mm-hmm. a good segue into DC villains then uh, of figures that... Um, are not meant to be too tall, but they keep getting made too tall. Uh, DC Directs New Gods Dark Side figure, the um, Kirby inspired series.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, yep, absolutely.
2: As opposed yeah. to you know the 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 DC superheroes one pre DC Universe Classics was was pretty good. That one was good. You know it's a little bit bit of a pinhead in comparison. Yeah, and the Collect and Connect figure they did um, later on was also very good looking, but you know, too big.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, as I look over my DC Universe Classics shelf, there, there's actually a number of figures that I, I wouldn't normally give a second look in in the comics, but just the innovation that Mattel have used to bring that character into sort of three D form um, is a real tip of the hat, and it's things like Gentleman Ghost. Uh, oh yeah! I mean, you just wouldn't think that that figure would work, and it came out. It's beautiful, um, and and obviously, chemo, um, the collect and connect figure is is terribly undersized. But just the the effort that's gone in to bringing that figure, you know, to us is uh, is beautiful.
2: Yeah, Mattel and, and Four Horsemen were able to bring in some really um, really good villains into into the line. Um, some left field stuff, so Killer Moth. Mm-hmm Mm. Extremely hilarious looking character, <laughs> uh, but really well done.
1: <laughs> like you said, the the one downfall of some of the DC universe stuff is scale. That because they're they're working with a fixed set of bucks, some of the um, collect and connect characters in particular are just too big, mm. um, which which takes a little bit off. But the some of the six inch ones, I'd forgotten about Gentleman Ghost. That's a really good example. Yeah,
0: and one that I really enjoy looking at, and so he's right at the the front of my shelf is the the DC superheroes Mister Freeze figure. Um, okay, yeah. I've got the the sort of the the two tone blue one, and I, I just think he looks great with that plastic dome helmet. Um, I think he's just you know it's just a, a complete um, you know new tooling, and it uh, just looks great. Yeah, yeah mm. very impressive looking figure. And uh, what about sort of some of our favourite animated shows? I mean, obviously, if you're a Transformers fan and uh, you love Megatron, well, you know, that's really um, about as good as it gets because there's about a billion figures to choose from. And, um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of Transformers, but certainly the ones I own are the, that sort of original, you know, Gen 1, very basic look before they tried to, to update him.
2: Oh, I never really
1: had any Transformers. No, I'm not a, I'm not a Transformers dude. Oh, I'm a I'm a
0: big fan of Soundwave. I've always been a a sucker for you know the dude who he, his chest opens up and a cassette jumps out. And I, I, yeah. I just <laughs> love that concept. So and I mean you know moving on then to movie related, um, I in in sort of preparation for for the um, discussion, I was actually amazed I guess at just how many movie villains have actually made it into action figure form over the years and mm. in different sort of scales and and things like that and uh, the one that actually really jumped out at me as, as having some amazing legacy is uh, the godzilla uh line um godzilla's got you know numerous enemies and you know thanks to the love that the character um has amongst sort of fans he's um He's never they; they just don't seem to be out of production. There always seems to be something happening with Godzilla and, and mm. his villain line, and mm. and I mean, we've talked about the the new um, Bandai Monster Arts line, and they're doing some just superb uh, work with the villains in that line, like um, Mecha Godzilla, you know, made of diecast parts, etc. Hmm. Mm. What about some of the movie? Villains. I mean, certainly the McFarlane uh, movie maniacs brought to life um, any number of cinematic bad guys. I, I don't know whether you guys picked up, were interested, or picked up any of those, but no, I certainly was a big fan.
2: Yeah, I'm more uh, look I look at them on the pegs and, and uh, you know, appreciate them, but they don't make their way home.
1: <laughs> I think movie villains lend themselves to particularly the the modern style of action figure where you know people will they don't necessarily need a set produced they will buy that one iconic villain from a a movie or a monster um, mm-hmm. and you, and that can kind of sit on its own in your collection so you know it's a bit of a different market from the 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 comic ones, um, But, you know, some of the, the monster figures or the horror uh, movies as well where you wouldn't make a whole line out of it, but you could produce that one really good action figure for, yeah. like, a leather face or, you know, that sort of thing that, that someone will will have just because that one particular character is creepy and the, and the toy is good.
0: Yeah, and I certainly picked up all the movie maniacs uh, in the early days and I was really enjoying those because I'm a big fan of horror films and, Um, One of the ones that also just amazes me, uh, you know, as a, a kid growing up watching Doctor Who... Uh, Merchandise for Doctor Who was non-existent uh, here in Australia. And I was picking up my comics at my local comic shop the other day and they've got a pretty good range of Doctor Who stuff. And I I was just amazed at at the amount of stuff that you can actually get now for Doctor Who. Like, you know, know, almost his entire rogues gallery is is, is available in, in some way, shape or form to the point where, you know, if you wanted a Dalek you'd probably spend 20 minutes trying to decide which one you wanted.
1: Yeah, they've made it for lost time in that regard, haven't they? <laughs> mm,
0: absolutely. And, you know, it's it's not just the fact that you can get Daleks. It's, it's just that, you know, so many of the villains are there. There's, you know, even the different um, eras of Cybermen uh, mm. and things like that. They've... Um, just gone to town, which I, I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, but one line that that stood out to me with um, some, a great array of, of characters and, in particular, villains had to be the uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line that just yeah. seemed to go forever. They just continued to to crank those out and come up with uh, more and more wacky figures. And you know, at the time, they were probably considered. Um, a bit of a laughing stock, but but some of them are worth a great deal of money on the market today because they were um, so sort of badly distributed. <laughs> mm. well, 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 moving on to some of the other things, I, I was giving a, a bit of a thought to villains in general, and um, you know, obviously, with things like the movie Maniacs, we've um, we've managed to get some of those horror icons like Freddy Krueger, you know, Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth, etc., and. We certainly have a love of villains in movies, but I wonder just how well many of those would um, translate to toys. And and I don't know if there are any villains out there that, that you guys would, would love to see made into toys. And I was sort of thinking through those great movie villains like, you know, Hans Gruber from Die Hard and Michael Corleone from, you know, The Godfather, etc. And I just, I don't know, to me... They, they're great villains, and unfortunately, I just, I just couldn't see those translating into action figures that I'd actually want to buy. No, is there anyone sort of out there like that that you would sort of be excited to pick up?
2: I think, um, our, not really naming any names, but if you think um, when Hot Toys do it, then there's there's suddenly an audience for it. Mm. Yeah. But if it's an action figure, that's a different story.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the interest for me wouldn't be from individual figures. Um, But if, for example, Hot Toys did uh, a line of villains, and and the one that that really jumped out at me um, had to be the Bond villains, um, I'm thinking if they could do a consistent line of all those great Bond villains. Um, obviously, someone like Jaws would be fantastic, but you know, seeing Odd Job and uh, you know with his hat and Blofeld, etc., I think would actually be uh, a lot of fun.
2: There'd hmm. mm-hmm. Probably be some issues getting all the likenesses right and licensed and all that sort of stuff
1: true mm. yeah I, i'm more inclined to buy movie heroes than villains you know like um Shaun of the dead that that sort of thing like that that appeals to me um and but yeah, i don't know about if there's a bad guy that would make me pull the trigger
0: yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the price as well. Um, for example, if I was interested in the the Henry Cavill Superman, I don't know that I'd be, you know, all that interested in getting Zod to go along with him.
1: Huh.
0: Um, you know, p- particularly for that price. But um, you know, perhaps in a, a six inch scale, um, that'd be a lot more attractive. Um. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess, you know, we could always have a bit of a chat about wish lists and, you know, I obviously mentioned the, um, the Bond villains, et cetera, and, and I'm a six-inch um, collector at heart, so that would be my preference. But, um, you know, are, are there villains out there that you're just, um, you know, jumping up and down and, and ranting at Hasbro and Matty because they just haven't
1: made yet? Are we talking from any property, any kind of property now? Yeah, from okay. any company. I mean, but not just movies. Any no, comic no yep. Yep.
0: comics, whatever you like.
2: Hmm. <laughs> but I there's still. I, I've mentioned my ones, the Firestorm ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh look, I'd love a Black, Killer Frost.
2: Killer, Killer Kill Frost, Multiplex, Slipknot, Um, Hyena—all those classic ones for me.
1: Yep, the the Flash rogues, I feel, are still really underdone. There are, you know, there's a couple that we, you know, we've got had a couple of Mirror Masters. You know, we get Reverse Flash because he's an easy repaint, etc. Um, but you know, there that to me, in terms of the the quality of a Rugs Gallery, I think Flash has got you know, besides Batman and Spider Man, you know, one of the best. Mm-hmm. And there are so many characters like a classic. Um, Captain Boomerang, uh, <clears throat> like Heatwave, um, etc., that have never made it into a, a six-inch um, yeah. version. That uh, to me, that's a, a gap I would love to see
2: filled.
0: Mm, I, I agree. I think you know Heatwave has to be you know top five for many people. Wow. Yeah,
2: and it's, I just don't know how they're going to get it into the market though. That's the problem. Like I could, I could see it being like, like, um, say for instance, the Legion of Superheroes box set, or the I think it was a Batman's Rogues. No, not mm. really. It was a bit of a mixed bag, wasn't it? But like a, a box set of. um Flash rogues I could see working
1: for. Yeah. Yeah. There's this line out there called DC Universe Classics that's (laughs) meant to be aimed at the collector. And I don't know, it's just a thought, but maybe a character like that might fit into that line.
2: No, but that might give you something else you don't
1: want. Marvel seems to be prepared to go a little bit deeper with their villains in licensing and stuff, then, you know, I feel like uh, particularly if you look at Bowen and Marvel Universe and that sort of thing, like there are just, there's fewer Marvel villains that I feel like, you know, we've never had than DC. And DC's got a lot, obviously, of kind of legacy characters and, um, you know, ones that have been around for a long time that really are they're not obscure to us but to the market they're incredibly obscure um like you know dr alchemy or angle man or something um but yeah i just feel like there's a bigger gap on the dc villain side than marvel
0: yeah definitely um when i display my figures i tend to try and and group them together so my marvel legends all these spider-man villains are are grouped together and the x-men villains are grouped together and I mean, for a single character like Spider-Man, if you look at the, the depth they've gone to with um, the villains um, for him, uh, it's it's just amazing. And, yeah. and some of those figures are superb. Like the Hobgoblin is is one of my all-time favourite six-inch action figures. Yes. Yeah. So, but I think the, the big gap for me definitely has to be as a fan of Thor. Um, there just aren't enough sort of Thor villains. Uh, I mean, we've had the Destroyer and, and Loki and... Um, it's really quite sad, and and you guys know that I've actually uh, focused my my customs um, on a few of Thor's villains, such as the mm. Man Gog and, and Ulik, um, over the, the past couple of years. But you know, I'd certainly love to see you know, the Executioner um, done, and obviously the Enchantress. So I'm hoping with the um, mm. with a new movie coming out, that'll sort of you know raise Hasbro's interests a bit. But for sure. Uh, But to be honest, when it comes to action figure form, a lot of the villains that I'd like to see um, are ones that I don't think I could easily customise because I'm I'm just far too lazy. Um, (laughs) And and so, you know, they're ones that go straight to the top of my list. So, um, you know, it's guys like um, Dormammu, the Doctor Strange villain uh, who essentially has a a fiery head but it's not a sort of a – it's not an obvious fiery head like Ghost Rider. It's uh, kind of your like sense a... of
1: adventure come on have and a I just
0: go. I just sort of think I, I just don't know how I would actually customize that and then I just hope that you know Hasbro will do it for me because i'm I'm lazy and that goes for characters like the mandrill and and mm. the Griffin because it's just um, way too hard. and I wish someone would do an Ursa major um, who for if people yeah. don't know, is one of the Soviet super soldiers and he transforms into a, a giant sort of erect standing bear, which um Another one that perplexes me on on how to do it.
1: So Sasquatch.
0: Mm. But we've also had a few instances of where we've seen some great villains come so so close um, to to getting into our hands, but then we we never actually saw them. And um, one that that I think Eli actually brought up some time ago was the fact that when Necker. Did the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures, which you know we all just love and, and revere as, as the perfect representations of the turtles, um, we did actually see the prototype Shredder figure, um, but but due to you know
2: foot soldiers, yes yeah, that's
0: we. Right. Foot soldiers. we we never actually got to see um, those, but we, we saw the prototypes and we never actually got them into our hands. And I think if we go Maybe back...
2: it's unlikely we'll ever see them.
0: Well, that's right. We talked to Randy, you know, way back in episode 38, and, and he mentioned that due to um, sort of issues um, with Playmates and, and the license the way they have it, that we're just never going to see them. Mm. Um, But another one that comes to mind is certainly uh, at the San Diego Comic Con some years ago when there was a a Toy Biz wave of Marvel Legends that was going to be called Bring on the Bad Guys. Um, They were originally meant to come with packing figures of um, army builders. Mm. Uh, And two of the army builders that we saw that were never released were the AIM soldier and the Hellfire Club goon um, both are, are great-looking figures, and uh, we never got those. Uh, so, so close.
1: Ripped off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Every line's got the those sort of, you know, un, unfulfilled promises. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. They're just there to torment us. All right, well, I think we could keep talking, but then we'd probably go to a three-hour running time. So That would be bad. That's exactly right. So I think for now that wraps up our discussion topic of the week, and we'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap
1: things up. Hey kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous plumbers, Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You wanna know what makes them super? Cause they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brainless sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas.
3: Goombas, hideous, dino, human army. Those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Brothers action figures from turtle But don't worry,
1: they're
0: not real. Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And I'm gonna kick things off with our first piece of feedback. So thank you very much, Stacy. All right, here we have our friend Eric saying, Just finished listening to episode seventy. Excellent show. The AFB challenge was fun and informative, and Scott's review of Captain Marvel was quite entertaining, even though eleven out of ten dollies seems a bit too enthusiastic.
1: Whatever. <laughs> I love that thing. I stick to my guns on that. It's an awesome statue.
0: It's so awesome, just not, not good enough for a 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, it the, want, is
2: it the best statue you own?
1: I don't want Justin to unfriend me on Facebook. Or anything, <laughs> you know, if, I, if I go any further than that, like, he's barely talking to me now as it is. So okay.
2: He's barely talking well, to any of us, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiled for everybody.
1: Yeah, he's damaged. He's damaged.
0: Well, we, we don't want to be too negative against Scott, so I'll hand over to Eli for his <laughs> bit of feedback. <laughs>
2: Uh, okay. Um, so, Chris, um, coffee. This is from Facebook, I believe. Uh, he says, "I love listening to the show, but please don't make me give it up by committing the broadcasting sin of eating on air. I listen on earphones, and it's like you're eating right in my ear. <laughs> looking at you, Scott, <laughs> like fingernails down a chalkboard button worse." You know, we, we So what really, have you got to say for yourself, Scott? Yeah.
1: We yeah. really are lucky that uh, Chris Coffey has put up with us. Um, you know, he, he... What do you mean he, with us? Well, no, because he complained, like, he's had a number of issues with our pronunciation, Adam's pronunciation of Lego, etc., cetera, and now this. So, Chris Coffey, I would like to formally offer you a refund for every cent that you have spent listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, it's really not fair to expect you to pay for this uh, good money. Um,
2: so, so what do you mean? Like if he yeah. buys something while he's listening to the podcast, you're No, to I said every, it.
1: every spent he spent to you know download our free show. Um, okay. Do you yeah. know, yeah. I, yeah. I
0: actually looked up the whole Lego versus Lego thing and there doesn't seem to be any kind of ruling on it. There do, nobody seems to agree that there's one uh, over the other.
1: I wonder what the company thinks. Maybe we need to call them. I don't think they care. I think as long as you're talking about it, yeah, they, they don't they care. Don't it's only care. Chris Coffee cares. Chris Coffey cares. <laughs> Chris Coffey cares. <laughs> you know, Chris who he, he's the Shit. Lego pronunciation and eating while well podcasting police. Um, he cares, and that's important. Um, but I do apologize for any, any offense caused by eating on air. I certainly will never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, <laughs> I, uh...
0: <laughs> well while you're in apology mode you, you might want to read out our next piece of feedback well
1: look i was actually thinking rather than um calling this feedback we should call it complaints tonight um because as well as um you know mr coffee uh who uh, we did i did establish with him on facebook that i think he's just bitter that people don't send him things to eat on his podcast but anyway <laughs> um the uh dark guard from our forum um said uh boohoo about a game of thrones spoiler in episode 71 and uh we certainly do apologize for that i can't spoil game of thrones because i don't watch it um so i'm pretty sure it was john so he's not here we'll throw him under the bus (laughs) um and uh speaking of john someone else sent me a message complaining that john and i um sniped at each other too much in the last episode as well and I just deleted it because John and I love each other. He sends me chicken men. So, <laughs> you know. You, like, you, you do tend to snipe at each other. Yeah, but that's, it's all, like, brotherly love, you know. Like, it's a, it's, it's what we do. So that's our thing. You
0: Imagine know, if you disliked each other.
1: I know. If we really hated each other, we'd be, like, charming and friendly.
0: Mm. We'd have to separate you on your shows. You'd have to do, like, alternate ones that's each.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's all all part of the um, – uh, there's no there's – no, I don't know what that was about anyway, but. No, it's all good. I mean, it's you know, when,
0: when we all get together, Stacey makes, like, you know, these great raspberry cookies, and, you know, we just sit around and eat those and have a laugh and get along well.
1: Yeah. For mm. Sure. Mm. All right,
0: gentlemen, it's, it's been fun. And uh, please, if, if you have any more complaints, keep them to yourself. Keep them to yourself. Actually,
1: I'm sending them to Chris Coffee. <laughs> he, he, he seems to be the complaints coordinator of the AFB podcast. So you can send them to him.
0: You, you can send us positive notes or food that we shall consume off air. That's right. Mm. All right, guys. It's been fun. And feel free to say goodbye as we cut to our exit.
1: Bye. Bye I'm, everybody. I'm sorry, Chris Coffee. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Chris. Bye Good. I I good. Re- I really nearly cracked up in that your your intro that was very funny.
0: <laughs> um I was I, I almost said you could go and see you know like Cindy in the gift shop but I figured we've just introduced too many staff and now right. we've got
1: Boris now. We we you probably if you haven't listened to last week then you don't know that our, we have a sound engineer called Boris now. Right. Okay yeah, so please keep on top of that.
2: Uh, to Arnold's research, Arnold's forest, in research, Sand engineer.
0: Stacy's on um, reception. reception.
2: So. And Gertie, it's been fun, Gertie.
0: Gertie. <laughs> well, Gert, Gertie's not technically one of the staff, but she does get a mention quite a bit.
1: <laughs> maybe we could. Maybe Gertie could be like the AFB podcast sponsor child. <laughs> That's you know, right. Like we, we, you know, to try and. Um, Help do something about uh, poverty and stuff. We sponsor one <laughs> Chinese impoverished painter, toy painter. That's pretty.
0: rather just get a sponsorship from Pepsi Max or Kit Kat.
1: <laughs> no, we're sponsoring her, not, th- not I that. Know. Th- I
0: know. I want to be sponsored first. <laughs>
3: was brought to you by the Big Top Network.